SGPN has finally given the fans what they wanted, an authentic college football playoff. 16 teams are going to go head-to-head in a simulated world to decide who is truly college football's greatest team. No committee here. These games are decided on the field, and to make it even better, we're giving away $500 for whoever has the best predictions on a virtual world. $500 of real money. The games will be simulated on Twitch. The game results will be uploaded at 1 p.m. Pacific on Monday. The final championship game will be simulated live on YouTube at 4 p.m. Pacific with live play-by-play from the SGPN crew right before the national championship game. You want to know how to win this 500 bucks? Go right now. Download the SGPN app. Hit the contest tab. Submit your entry for who you think is going to win. Brackets are going to close at 1 p.m. Pacific on Monday. Make sure you get on this. It's free money giveaway for picking a virtual winner. Head over to the SGPN app right now and make that happen. The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Can you believe it? Ladies and gentlemen, we are to the point where fantasy football is definitely over uh yeah i mean this is it if you're in championship week 18 uh first of all i feel kind of sorry for you because that's a rough week uh the last week of the nfl season is not a very easy week to play in especially if you're trying to win big money championships uh hopefully you've already wrapped up your fantasy football season like we talked about and hopefully you won a championship uh you know that that's that's the end goal for everybody playing fantasy uh, but this week, this Thursday, we reserved it for, I know Festivus is over, but we're still going to air some grievances. And I brought on Jake Biasoto. He is the host of Talking 215. Uh, it's an Eagles podcast, but look, if there's a fan base out there that has stuff to, to complain about, it's the Eagles fan base. <laughs> Jake, welcome to the show and, and uh, this very special episode of Airing of Grievances. Oh, Rod, thank you so much. No, like you, you hit the nail <laughs> on the head with that. Philadelphia will certainly give you anything and everything to complain about. So this episode, this topic is right up my alley. Uh, beautiful. Like I said, I already know it's the new year. Festivus is done, but we still, uh, as especially as fantasy football players, um, obviously have players that were on our roster that we had such high hopes for. We talked about some of them on Tuesday, some of the biggest fantasy disappointments. Um, but now we're really just going to get into it. We're just going to let it all hang out for three minutes and complain uh, because it's cathartic and we all need it. Uh, whether we won or lost with these guys, it's still something to gripe about. So 
Um, yes, Jake. How did you do in your leagues, by the way, this season? Uh, you know, I was in, I was in five leagues. I won the championship in one of them. Uh, I had one league that uh, I could, you could go through a whole text thread that of just me airing my grievances. <laughs> I mean, tell, answer me this: Is there anything more stupid than divisional buys? Oh, like the God. they they split the divisions in whoever is the leader in that division because I tied for first uh, at eleven and three. And a guy in the East division or whatever was seven and seven and gets the buy over me. And that week one of the playoffs was such a disappointment for so many people. So I get bounced week one. And of course, like I set my lineups just because as the you know cynical person I am, I was like, let's see what would have happened had I gotten a buy. And I would have won the whole thing. Oh, you know, so <laughs> but so I did vicious. win in one of my dynasty leagues. So that's always that's always a good time. Yeah. And I've, I don't know. Divisions to me have always felt forced like especially in a 12 team league where it's six teams per division nah just put it all you know i oh, like yeah. i like the way our uh sgpn dgens league had it where you get a point for a win and then a point for league median be, uh, being over the league yep. median i've never done that before i am a fan i don't know that i'll ever want to go back to anything other than that that was a good good way to do it oh no i, I i'm in one league where it does it that way and it's always it's like you said, it's it's a much more fair and balanced way. The the top teams get rewarded, and you know even if you have one of those weird weeks where you you're the second le- highest score and you lose to the number one score, you still kind of get that that little kick in the back end. It's like an overtime point in hockey, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. at least you tried. Uh, I, <laughs> I'll take that. Although I will say, since we're airing grievances, this happened a couple of seasons ago, and I'm not in this league anymore. Uh, and in fact, the league doesn't exist anymore. Um, but so we had drafted. And I mean, look, when you draft, there's an adult beverage or two around. I'm just saying. No, no like, doubt. You know? So we were setting up the league and nobody really realized. And I was the commissioner and I had never really done ESPN commission before. So ESPN leagues are by default two week playoffs or two week championships rather. Wow. I, I didn't know that. So, yeah. so sure enough, I lose the first week of the playoffs but I, I went back the next week, and I was like, wait, why can I still set my lineup? So I set my lineup. <laughs> sure enough, I won the second week, and I won by more points. So I actually won the championship, but I took it to the league, and they were like, no, no, nobody knew. And I was like, we had all season long for you to read the rules. Like, yeah. So, yeah, needless to say, I didn't get the money. Um, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I was pretty pissed off. I, and I really was, too. I mean, I, I thought, oh, yeah. It, look, I thought to check the next week. Why didn't he? Um, because no, he exactly. Won. <laughs> exactly. You got some. You got some land to stand on there. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, the league doesn't exist anymore because I I folded it anyway. So like, I'm yeah, taking my toys. I'm going home. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. We I think we've got a good primer going. We're gonna we're gonna start getting into some players now. Uh, the individually in 2021 really let us down, and I mean in a big way. So, uh, Jake, I I'm giving you. The first five, as a guest, I feel like, you know, I'm going to give you a chance to to just start it out and, and let me well, know where you, your Ron. head's at. Absolutely. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to load the clock with three minutes. Uh, we're going to go down the first one. And then when you hear the timer, we just keep on moving until we get to the end of your five. And then hopefully my five, there's some crossover for you as well. So uh, oh, wonderful. <laughs> let us begin in Atlanta. Oh, that's the laugh track. I, I guess that is funny. <laughs> Wrong button. Uh, all right, let Not us begin. Not if you drafted him. <laughs> that, see, 
<laughs> in Atlanta, where Mike Davis was supposed to be the savior of the running game over there. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it turns out to be Cordero Patterson. So, Jake, please get us started about Mike Davis and why he is first on your list. Mike Davis was first on my list because he was kind of in that in that position where you're drafting him, where you're thinking, like, you know what? I'm smarter than the rest of the league. Like I'm taking this guy. Everybody's like, okay, it was it was cute. He was a a fun RB one when when CMC went out last year in Carolina. Like he's not going to be able to translate to being a true you know number one role kind of guy. And you take him thinking like, no, like he's going to slip. You're going to take wide receivers early because it's a full point PPR and you're playing six point receiving touchdowns. You're trying to double dip early on those wide receivers. So you grab that that sure thing RB2 in the in the later rounds, four through seven or something. So so Mike Davis, like I said, average draft p- position of about 57. They, they say it's 56.8. So right there in those, those early to middle rounds and all. He was the 22nd drafted running back. So kind of that low-end RB2 range if you're in a 12-team league, very high-end RB3 in the 10 teams. And, and there's reason why he was there. 2020 puts up 206.5 points in standard full-point PPR. And then you go to 2021, 136.4 points. His best week, I mean, it's a, it's a solid week, 16.9. That's week 13. But if that's your best week, especially coming off of a, a 2020 where he had multiple games, I believe week two, he almost had 30 points. Uh, and then he had he had two weeks of just 1.8 weeks nine and ten back to back 1.8. After week five, only had one uh, time that he went back to back double digits, and both of them was like 11 and 13. So super inconsistent, super disappointing. But as you touched on, opened the door for arguably the waiver wire pickup of the year. And I got lucky where I got Cordell Patterson, and, and so I had that handcuff right off the bat. But I know a lot of people drafted Mike Davis and didn't get as lucky to go and get Cordell Patterson, which, I mean, look, he hurt. hurt oh, is that the timer? No, you're good. Keep oh, going. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So obviously he kind of hurt you at the very end towards that late playoff push and into the playoffs where he was getting very low end double digits, nothing near where he was going 30 plus occasionally. Obviously, you're not going into there assuming that any player, aside from maybe a Jonathan Taylor or a high end quarterback, is going to get you those numbers. But that kind of 9 to 14 range through weeks 13 to 16 definitely hurt. But Mike Davis, you know, we can talk about Cordell Patterson another time. Mike Davis was a complete letdown, complete just Aaron of grievances. Mike Davis, like, I am not taking you next year. That is for sure. You got taken over by a wide receiver gimmick player. Like, that is oh, not yeah. what a running back does. He's like 30-something. Like, he's <laughs> not... He's not young. No. It's not like Mark Ingram in 2017 having Alvin Kamara at the end of the year take over. Like, yeah, yeah. Mike Davis. I don't know. I mean, again, this is a guy that you're probably not even going to touch next year. I don't know that his, his situation no. improves. I, and look, Cordero Patterson, everybody goes, well, you know, the league catches up to players like that. And, and look, up until now, he hadn't even had that big of an impact as he has this year. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I doubt know. he'll have that same impact next year. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But even still, Mike Davis is even less of a of a factor than Cordero Patterson's going to be next oh, year. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> yeah. All right, let's move on to his former teammate that you have on the list. Uh, you have some beef with Julio Jones. The injury bug has some beef with Julio Jones so, as well. Certainly. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, this was a huge disappointment just straight out oh, of yeah. the jump. So what, what you got on, on uh, Julio Jones there, Jake? 
Oh, certainly. Like you said, like the injury injuries definitely kind of have some beef with this guy, and it, it really does play a factor. But look, the guy's been nursing a hamstring since 1943. Like <laughs> it's been going on for so long that you drafted him knowing that his hamstring's tight or knowing that it's a problem. But he was drafted on average the 45th player taken. So you're looking pretty high there. He was the 17th drafted wide receiver. So that's like a middle to high end you know, wide receiver too. And even last year, he was injured a fair amount. But you saw glimpses of, of Julio being Julio. He finished with 146.1 points. Again, that's standard full point PPR. This year, just a fraction of that. Injuries certainly played a big factor. And and he finished with 63.6. He, he brought you up real quick. Right off the bat, best week of his season was week two, 18.8 points. You're like, here we go. This is exactly what we signed up for. We are rolling. Uh, and then proceeded to the rest of the entire season. I believe the math works out to 44.2 or 44.8 points the rest of the season. Obviously missed a lot of time there. But his worst week was a zero-point week in week 15. Uh, he did play that week, by the way. <laughs> uh, just did not have any impact. Uh, he only had one double-digit game the entire season, and that was week two. For a guy that you're taking at 45, depending on the league you're in, that could be the very end. You know, it's you know the very end of a uh, round four or the very beginning of round five. So you are expecting to get some value there. And injuries aside, the guy I steered clear. I actually traded him in my dynasty league last year. And I, I cashed in, grabbed me some Mike Evans on that deal. Wow. Uh, so I, I certainly cashed in. There's, there's other pieces involved, but I like to say it was just Julio from Mike Evans. You know, it, it makes me feel good. <laughs> uh, but no, certainly a massive letdown. I, I'd be really curious to see where he goes next year. But another guy I'm steering well clear. I think you have to at this point. There's no way that Julio Jones stays healthy for an entire year the way he is right now and he didn't this year and, and look you got nothing out of him out of the jump and you thought him and aj brown would be a perfect pairing with Tannehill. Oh, yeah. i mean i know derrick henry gets the ball quite a bit there anyways which kind of takes into to both of those receivers but you thought that would be a great one-two punch you, you got nothing you didn't even get hawaiian punch out of that <laughs> So, exactly yeah i mean poor julio how the mighty have fallen and he thought he was going to be in for it too once he left atlanta he thought he'd be in for a whole oh, lot yeah. more yeah he was telling shannon sharp you know i'm out of there like can't wait you know don't i ain't going to the cowboys and and there he goes heading on over to what seemed to be a great situation i mean he's not on my list but you could really put even ryan Tannehill kind of in this mm -hmm. aaron agreement so who knows who's more at fault i'm gonna say julio though <laughs> yeah, well i'm gonna i'm gonna say julio as well because i mean Tannehill, you kind of knew what you were getting out of Tannehill. Uh, exactly like a high end, low end rb rb uh, qb1 <laughs> high end qb2 in a flex so um oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's continue our errands of grievances with another wide receiver. This one, I, I, I want to know your reasoning because I know a lot of folks that were happy. Uh, you look at the stats, though. Eh, okay, maybe not. But uh, they got some good weeks out of, out of Chase Claypool when they needed it. But uh, your errands of grievance with Chase begins and ends how, Jake? Just the lack of consistency. And you can argue like that's on Big Ben's dying arm. Uh <laughs> You can argue a lot of things. There's a lot of weapons over there. You know, it's tough. It's a tough target share. But at the end of the day, you're having a rookie that put up 214.9 points who follows that performance up with 148.6. Like the sophomore slump is real. 
And when you're drafted as the 68th overall pick, the 26th overall wide receiver, so again, that's low-end wide receiver two, extremely high-end wide receiver three, you're expecting consistent double-digit weeks. And, and don't get me wrong, his high was, was very good. He had a 24-point had a week, week five, but then his lows, I mean, he's and this is a games where he's playing 60, 70, 80% snaps. And he had multiple games in the in the low single digits, with the worst being a 1.9 point performance, one catch for nine yards in week 15. I mean, you, you drafted this guy hoping that he's just going to build upon a stellar rookie season that kind of got overshadowed by Justin Jefferson. And you got an absolute shell of that. If if you if you were you know lucky and you were able to get him in kind of those daily fantasy sports where you picked him on the perfect week. I could see how he wouldn't fall on your list at all. But if you have him in your, your fantasy football league and you drafted him to be a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, at the end of the day, you're going to be disappointed. And you didn't know when, just like you said, the consistency, you didn't know when to, which week to play him. You oh, know, yeah. you, you could start him, okay, your 10 points, eh, that's probably what you got. You wanted to get out of him that first week. Then he follows it up with a nine-point week, and you're like, ah, oh, man, he's a flex. Maybe I don't play him. Then he follows that up with an 18 point week and you're like, ah, man, what do I even do at this point? You know? Yeah. So yeah, I get it. I get consistency is, and that's one of the things that you'll find with a lot of fantasy players and, and why start sits are, are such a huge part of what we do. Right? No, exactly. Too many people just think that they, they look at the matchup and they, they just see what they did the previous week or they fail to look at the matchup and just see what they did the previous week, fail to do any kind of weekly research to see what the, the injury report says, who he's going up against as a DB, you know, the, the style of defense that they play, man versus zone and everything. Like, that's why tuning into a show like yours is so valuable to somebody that really wants to get that edge against their competitor rather than just saying, oh, he had 18 points last week. Obviously, he's a start. He's a must start. <laughs> Not seeing that he's going to be going against, up against one of the top corners in the league in a windy game, you know, in 40-degree weather. Like, you, you got to take that into account. Or that that 18-point game game because the guy that was the number one receiver got injured and he ended up taking most of the snaps and, you know, yeah. I mean, oh, there, yeah, there's no garbage time points. You know, they're down a million and they're just giving them 20-yard plays. Lots of the Steelers all season, right? No, I... <laughs> uh, well, okay, look. So... I, I will say that for Chase Claypool, I do have a soft spot for Canadians because I do like the CFL. So I would like to see his situation improve. Um, and who knows who will be the arm over there in Pittsburgh next year. We know it's not Ben. Uh, no. So I, I no, wonder I if mean, it's To Rudolph. your point, how many wide receivers have we seen have that uh, year three takeoff? Yeah, I mean, you see, every year there's that third year just absolute takeoff. Calvin Ridley. You can even you can even throw Hunter Renfro in that this year. You know you have these guys year three just blast off. So could he could be well poised depending on like you said who's throwing him the ball. But he was a 2021 Grievance Award winner in this instance. <laughs> so uh, all right, look, I I know that you can find Twitter occurrences of Allen Robinson being ridiculously lambasted and folks gnashing their teeth, probably missing playoffs if they had Allen Robinson on their roster. So, uh, Jake, walk us through the lamentation of Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, a guy that was average draft pick 31. So he's drafted pretty stinking high. And and I for good reason. Puts, puts up 262 points the year prior. Like, that's... 
big-time numbers for a wide receiver. And look, you're you're excited. You got Justin Fields coming in. You, you know, the field general out there doing his thing. You're thinking nothing but but you know green pastures and open skies. You understand that there is a little bit of hesitancy of him to, him to sign that that franchise tag. You know, he wasn't in love with the town there. But how many times do you see a guy that wants to play his way out of a city? He plays great, trying to increase his trade value to you know get his team to be like, look, I can't say no to this offer. So you had kind of that perfect storm culminating where you really thought this guy could just take off and be a true, you know, continue to be in that wide receiver one kind of class. Obviously not wide receiver one, but, you know, through that top 12. And I understand he was kind of nicked up. That's kind of the whole theme of his entire career. Um, but you ask anybody in the NFL, everybody's playing hurt. It just matters if you're playing injured or not. Uh, and like I said, 262 points last year. 80.8 points this year where he did play a, a fair amount of games, but uh, outside of a dynasty league, you, you really aren't holding him. Like he's, he, you can't keep him on your roster with how many, with the edge really coming off of a waiver wire. You don't win the, the, the league, you know, draft day, you win it on the waiver wire. At least that's what I think. And you, you unless you had some weird league where you have extremely large benches, like he wasn't a keep unless, like I said, it was in that, in a dynasty league kind of setting. I mean, looking at his game log in a PPR, I, I'm seeing two games where he went over double digit fantasy points. That is yeah. highly unacceptable. And, you know, everyone was like, well, fields, fields, fields. Yeah, but okay. That was most of them were with fields that his single digit fantasy games. You know, you, you're right. You did draft this guy to be uh, at least your wide receiver, too. If not, oh, yeah. your your uh, high end wide receiver three, and all season long you barely got flex if any value out of him. So I don't know. I mean, going forward, even with Fields, maybe Fields has got to actually step up quite a bit to make Allen Robinson a thing. Um, but he may not even be there next year, right? That, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Who Allen Robinson? Allen yeah. Robinson, no. No. Yeah. No way. No chance. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he'll come on over to Philadelphia. Well, that's what I was going to say, Mr. I'm wearing a Philadelphia shirt. Would you accept him in Philadelphia? Oh, I'd love a guy like Allen Robinson here. We are so desperate in need of an X wide receiver, just a larger body, go up and get it, kind of trust a guy uh, wide receiver that he would be he'd be a great fit here. We need a veteran presence in that room as well with almost all of our wide receivers being either you know rookies or sophomores. Well, our head cheese is a big, uh, one of our head cheeses is a big Eagles fan. I'll see if he agrees there with you, you on go. that or not. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, well, okay. We talked about the Philadelphia Eagles, and here it is. Uh, we, we queued it up for last on the list before the break uh, because this is one that I know you'll be passionate about. Miles Sanders is on your list, Jake. Uh, all right. You have the floor. Go ahead with Miles Sanders. Look. <sighs> There's a couple of things that would lead Miles Sanders to being on this list that aren't in his control. You have the first three weeks of the season where you are one of the least rushing attempts per game teams in the NFL. Like that's not that's out of his control. He was averaging something like 5.8 yards per carry on, but he's only getting six carries. Like that's that's not on him. But then you switch, you, you flip the switch, and you turn into the number one rushing team in the entire NFL. You miss a few games. I get that. But then you come back, and, and we talk about on our show that 12-carry Barry. Are you going to break that 12-carry barrier? And he did many times. And the reason he's on the list is because he may be the single worst red zone running back in the NFL, a starting running back. He cannot get an 
inch inside of the 20. I mean, they, they, every time you're watching the Eagles game, and obviously I watch all of them, and he's in the game every single week, you're hearing, oh, you know, Miles Sanders, he leads the league in yards without a touchdown. You know, maybe this is the game. So that's, that stat right there tells you why you got to air your grievances with this guy. He, he's yeah he's getting yards his average yards per carry is incredible i believe he is either I, I believe he's first in the league with yards before contact that's the offensive line of jonathan stoutland not really or, uh yeah stoutland not really well sanders necessarily but either way like he's doing well but you got to be able to get in the end zone that's where you're getting your big points you know six point play if, if you're not getting it you're not you're not worth anything to me and you were averaged the 38th overall draft pick and, and and so that's that's of all you know drafted players. So that's pretty high. You're a number of teams, if they went heavy wide receiver, are drafting you to be their running back one. And and you did not live up to it. And it's disappointing. Uh, and you gotta figure in a in a standard where, yeah, touchdowns carry a whole ton of weight. Cause I mean, PPR, he didn't really do a whole lot either. Uh a few catches here and there. But yeah, yeah I mean uh, <laughs> Jake, how many times did he get in the end zone all season long? Uh zero. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not a single touchdown for Miles Sanders, and that is a hard stat to believe because you got to figure that at some point you fall into the end zone at least oh, yeah. once or twice, right? Boston Scott and they gave him Kenneth they gave Taylor. him so many opportunities. Yeah, like first and goal on the three, and they give him three straight rushes for seven inches. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. The guy does. Like, I don't know. He's great in the open field. You get him close quarters and he just can't get a yard that's just he I got mean, five foot nothing boston scott pounding it in <laughs> fourth and goal from the six knocking people over and you got miles sanders who's drafted to be a wide receiver one unable to just you know he's falling down by the flap of a butterfly's wing <laughs> i love me some boston scott though i don't know what it oh, is yeah. about that guy he's scrappy oh, no doubt yeah I'm a, I'm a fan although what do you think of gainwell does he does he cut into uh, Sanders value at all next year or what? Quite possibly. I mean, Gainwell really possesses where you're talking PPR. He really possesses a ton of PPR value. You hear on, on sports talk radio in the city all the time. Like they, they want this guy lined up as a slot wide receiver. I mean, the guy has incredible hands. He, he was a, a quarterback in high school and he had more receiving yards and rushing yards in college. Um, so he really is kind of that, that receiving back, that also possesses great running ability. Not great yet. A uh, little bit problem with ball security, but stuff that can be worked on. Um, really, the number one thing that I think Miles needs to be scared about is the fact that we were extremely successful running in his absence. That our offensive line is arguably, when healthy, the top running offensive line in the league. And so you don't need to spend insane amount of cap space on a true running back one when you're having Jordan Howard, practice squad Howard, out here, Boston Scott, gadget player, you know, giant slayer, that's great. And then fifth round pick Kenny Gamewell going for 80 yards on 12 carries a piece. Like you don't need to spend all that money on a, on a true RB1. So I think that cuts into his value on the team more than anything else. Mm. Not to mention you got a running or a quarterback that can run too. So, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, that Eagles team looks kind of scary down the stretch. Uh, yeah. It, it's next season, there'll be an interesting oh, yeah. one for you guys. 
So uh, next season. <laughs> all right, all right, fine, fine. Season's not still, over. You still got time left. This this re- the postseason will be very interesting for you. But I mean, you got to figure next season too. So. Oh yeah, no doubt. All right. Uh, as we look ahead to the next fantasy football season, uh, we're going to come back from the break with my list of five grievances that I've got to air because there are some players that I really need to uh, just I I don't know commiserate with folks with. So uh, <laughs> stick around. We'll be right back. If I know you, and I bet and I do, I know you're ready to win money and boost your odds. Well, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. As always, you get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. So get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much more. Plus, WinBet has some brand new bonuses. If you bet $5, you can win $400 in free bets. Plus, this is fun. Win a VIP trip to Shaq's Funhouse in L.A. Bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own Bet feature and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests are going to get a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse. Two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet, a Win Las Vegas sportsbook, and a $5,000 travel credit. Who does not want to spend some time with Shaq and some cash? Hit town on that. There's great promos, odds, and payouts are happening all right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Yeah, you are. Sign up today. You're going to get a special offer. It's a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Of course, we're always brought to you by PropSwap. It is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The NFL playoffs and college football championships are around the corner, and PropSwap has the best odds on all football futures. If you see a ticket you like, but you think the price is too high, submit a bid for a price that you think is fair, then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors just like yourself. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap is going to double up to 500 Say it with me for the last time in the regular season. Double the cash means double the odds. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every single day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. This week, Derek from Colorado, Mile High, purchased a Georgia college football championship ticket on PropSwap at odds of minus 120. It's a huge discount compared to the sportsbook who currently have the the Bulldogs at minus 150. If you are not using PropSwap, then you, my friend, are missing out. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. You've got plenty of them, whether you made it to the fantasy football playoffs, championships, or won the whole thing or not. Players on your rosters that you need to uh, just get it off your chest that they let you down in a major way. Not as human beings. Let's not attack them as human beings. But uh, look, they, they get paid to do a job and unfortunately they did not win us a fantasy championship in some cases. Uh, so... Uh, so yeah, we, we had Jake go first. Jake Biasoto, he is the host of Talking 215. Uh, and, and he went first with his five. Now it's my turn. 
to oh, yeah. to get some stuff off my chest. And it begins with Ronald Jones. I <laughs> thumped this guy's drum for weeks heading into this 2021 season. I had thought, I don't know if it was like every other analyst out there, maybe there were some that were smarter than me that uh, that thought, well, no, Ronald Jones isn't going to do good because Fournette's going to take it all. I thought this was the year of Rojo. And unfortunately, it became the year of Nojo, uh, where Leonard Fournette really did solidify the fact that he is a good running back um, and that Jacksonville kind of did him a disservice being there and that he was right to leave. Uh, And I'm not going to begrudge Fournette that. I mean, look, he needed to prove that to everybody, to himself, to the world. Uh, We forget, I think, because people get stuck on the Jaguars that they're good players. Uh, and so with Fournette being able to, to go to a contender and, and be good for the second year in a row, that left Ronald Jones out of the cold. Uh, and, and for reals, he just did not do well at all. Uh, did not get the work up until the last couple of weeks with Fournette being injured. But eight carries, three carries, one carry, seven carries, that's not going to get it done on a week-to-week basis unless you have like 30 yards per carry. Uh, but obviously we know that Ronald Jones doesn't. So for me, my biggest thing was I was drafting him obviously to be, uh, that running back too. And I, and I really, in a lot of drafts went heavy on Ronald Jones thinking that that's exactly what was going to happen. I was wrong. And I was wrong to the tune of like three leagues that I didn't even make the fantasy football playoffs in because I put my faith in Ronald Jones. And I was too stubborn to drop him because I thought, no, no, (laughs) Fournette can't be sustainable. This can't be, this can't be something that he does week after week. But then he did it week after week, damn it. And Ronald Jones was the short end of that stick. And I mean, unless he goes to a different team, this could be more of the same with Ronald Jones, which sucks. No, certainly. You're not alone with that beating that Rojo drum. I, I thought personally, you know, he's on a contract year. He's, he's got to really prove it. Like you said, whether it's to stay here or to go on another team and be their featured guy. In, in my dynasty league, I, I think it was two years ago. I mean, just to show you how high people were, at least at one point, on Ronald Jones. Uh, we still, I mean, we bagged on it the day it was made, but somebody traded Ronald Jones and the 107 for the 101. And I, I like... They were just like, oh, he's, he's going to be the featured back. Like he's, he, I, I got a, I got a running back one, and the one oh seven. You know, for it, it, you got fleece for the one oh one, absolutely fleece. But a lot of people were in that camp that this guy, you know, had it, and uh, and I drafted him in number leagues, uh, you know, myself. But I, I will say, you know, to my credit, I dropped him pretty quick. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> in fact, I had him on my Scott Fishbowl team. Uh, and I, and again, I did not want to let go of him because in Scott Fishbowl, you can't pick him back up again. Like if you drop him, that's it. Somebody's going to snag him because it's oh, a wow. warm body that has an opportunity to score points. And with the waiver wire being so thin in those leagues, there's no way you're going to let go of him. But I got to tell you, I hardly ever played him and, and yeah. I only played him in desperation. Uh, so it, yeah, it kind of, it kind of nipped me in the, now look, I, I managed to get into the, uh, conference finals but it certainly wasn't because of Ronald Jones. It was <laughs> because of the other guys around him. But Ronald Jones, those first couple of weeks, I, like I said, I, I kept him in my lineup because I thought for sure this was going to be the Ronald Jones week. This was going to be the Ronald Jones week, and it wasn't. So no, 
No. And it never became the Ronald Jones week. Maybe it will someday, <laughs> but it did not in 2021. Uh, which not is the all. same that we can say about Kenny Galladay. <sighs> Again, another guy who I thought the change of scenery. I knew that the Giants were not the best destination for him, but I thought at least he and Daniel Jones would have a little bit of chemistry, would have a little bit of something, and that for once, uh, maybe Daniel Jones had that super deep threat. I mean, look, Sterling Sharp, say what you will, right? I mean, <laughs> but Kenny Galladay was the burner, was the burner, the missing piece, the guy that was supposed to come and be uh, Daniel Jones saving grace. Now, look, I know injury has to deal with a lot of this stuff that we talk about, but there was still no production, even in the beginning of the season. Like, he came out of the gate with four catches for 64 yards, barely a double-digit fantasy day in PPR. Then he fills it up with a three-catch, 38-yard game against the football team, right? I mean, his stat line reads like uh, elementary school math problems. You know, they're just (laughs) literally that low of numbers. So you really put your faith in this guy, especially if you if you put your faith in this guy, because I know that there was a lot of folks like me that said Kenny Galladay was going to be on to great things with the Giants and resurrect the Giants. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. And, you know, he's still it's funny because at the end of the season, he was still rostered in 48 percent of Yahoo leagues and 56 percent of ESPN leagues. Yikes. Which means people were stubborn and did not want to let go of him because yeah. they thought Kenny Galladay was going to do something for them, and he didn't. I mean, you, you, you're right on it. I mean, hotel, motel, Galladay in. And as an Eagles fan, everything you said made me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Giant team as a whole. But again, you can look at that whole team, like you said. They haven't had a wide receiver score a touchdown, I believe, in like 10 weeks now. And, you know... So it's a it's a product of the institution, not necessarily a product of himself. But either way, selfishly, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it inside of fantasy, outside of fantasy. Just hearing everything about how poorly their wide receivers perform just makes me happy. They haven't had a a winning record at any point in a season, I believe in the last five years. Oh God, that's awful. But that's not fantasy anyway. (laughs) I mean, but it's, it's fantasy relevant, right? Cause you saw how Saquon Barkley even fell apart this year too, but even before and after the injuries, obviously Um, Daniel Jones couldn't keep it through the whole season. Uh, Kadarius, Tony, their, their big pickup at wide receiver, a big no show basically Uh, had some flashy weeks, but then basically had a week or two. Yeah. Right. I mean, one, you were like, yeah, see, and then the Tony truthers came out and said, (laughs) this is, this is the guy. And then he disappeared again. So yeah, you're right. Institutionally was not a good move for Kenny Galladay to, to go there. Um, but I mean, does he stay? I, I, I know that everyone's like, well, he's under contract, but we've seen contracts come and go as quick as, as, as either one of them want. So I don't know if Kenny Galladay is going to be happy enough to, to want to continue to be a giant. Would you take him on the Eagles? Oh, oh, you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> he kind of falls into that same mold of players that we have now, but you got to, you can't turn your nose at Kenny Galladay. Yeah. And, and I really think he does leave. I mean, you, you look at how many players left, even in training camp, like you, you got a clown of a head coach, literally calling other teams clowns. Mm-hmm. You know, they at practice, they were playing the Eagles fight song. I mean, I guess they were just, just expecting to hear it over and over after we score touchdown after touchdown on them. But like that, it's just a weird system there. 
And and I joked. I said Jake Fromm equaled Mike Glennon, and that's an insult to both of them. Like it's not like Jake <laughs> Fromm is greater than like they they're about the same, and that's not a compliment to either of them. So I certainly would expect to see him wanting to get out of there. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's just a matter of these guys. Sometimes they just need another fresh start. Like they get one, it doesn't pan out. They need another fresh start. Yeah. Uh, all right. So <clears throat> the next guy that I need to vent about a little bit. Might seem a little bit uh, misconstrued, and you could even push back on this one because I, I feel this might not be a popular take, but I am frustrated with Russell Gage. Uh, and I'm frustrated with him not because I don't think that he didn't do good this season, but he didn't show up when I absolutely needed him, and that was in week 16. Uh, because I, you know, up until then, he'd been okay uh, for me. Jacksonville, he had 18 points. Tampa Bay, he had 22. San Francisco, he had 23. But even before that, after Calvin Ridley left, right, and he started to get work, uh, it just it was frustrating because I, I put him in, especially that week in New England where he got me 9.9 points. Then I took him out because I thought, ah. I don't know if I can trust him. I got another person that I, and I can't remember exactly now the move that I made, but I, I know I put Russell Gage on the bench. Then he got 18 points uh, against Jacksonville. I did put him in for, for Tampa and he did good there in 22. But then I, I, again, he came back in Carolina with a 10 point performance. So I feel like it should have all been like 22 points. Like I feel like Calvin yeah. Ridley should have given me, uh, not Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage. Calvin Ridley probably would have given me that much. But with Calvin Ridley out, Russell Gage should have been high uh, 20s or low 20s, high teens uh, every single week. So I don't know. I, I'm bitter because I didn't win in the league that I had Russell Gage and I thought <laughs> I was being smart by having him. And it turns out that I wasn't, especially down the stretch. Like I said, against Detroit, 5.9 points in that oh, week 16 boy. matchup. Yeah, and that was the championship, or that was the the playoff matchup, rather, in my sleeper league that I had him, and I lost in that game because he didn't give me the San Francisco-type performance that he gave the week before. And I rolled him out thinking, yes, I got this. And uh, unfortunately, I did not. So I didn't even make it to his eight-point outing against Buffalo, which I'm sure <laughs> pissed a lot of fantasy owner, uh, managers off, too, because, again, you see a, a point total like 23 points against the Niners. You're thinking you're home free. You think you got a championship. Then he puts up not even double digits the next two weeks in the playoffs and the championship game. So, Russell Gage, I love you as a human being, but uh, yeah, I need to I need to just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say you know prior to you pointing out the the five points against the Lions, I was gonna say I think the problem here is you not starting a player against the Jags defense because that is certainly a matchup that I always look towards. But then you made a great counterpoint with the, you know, against the Lions who are equally as putrid uh, in the defensive secondary, only getting five points. Now, I, I get it. I understand it. I'm sure if he was on my team, I would have similar feelings. You know, I, I, I didn't not draft him because I didn't like him. I just, you know, he wasn't there available at the position that I, uh, at the point that I valued him at. Um, but I can certainly understand, especially like you said, like I, I had Chase Claypool. A lot of people would argue that that was out of place. I mean, but like you said, you, the inconsistency where you need them to to get those double digit true wide receiver one, wide receiver two, or high end wide receiver three numbers and just shrinking in, in the moment to to where it costs you in extremely valuable times. So, you know, if he had those games early in the year, you may not feel that way. But when they're in those those rounds of the playoffs, it was certainly 
leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, it hurts. And for those of you who are, are going to come back at me and say, well, Rod, he only had like three single digit fantasy points uh, games all season or four, then, you know, you need to shut up. You're right. You're right. I know. <laughs> but by the same token, like, look, if you had him on your roster, you're probably frustrated as I am. So uh, go away. Unless you actually won, in which case, congratulations. You're much better fantasy player than me. Uh, which is probably true anyways. I don't really know. So, uh, all right. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the better fantasy app. Download their free to play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. In fact, on the sports gambling podcast website right now, there are some bets to get you started on that better fantasy prop adventure. And we love it. Because we can win awesome prizes and even raise money for some charities along the way too via the prop bet. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and using them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states. So download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Every week I ask you, I still want to know the answer. When did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social, right? Because when I picture sports betting, as always, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. Well, SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. So head over right now to SoBet.io and create an account and see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which is going to launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, links, all among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and it is purely competitive. So the next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or they can generate a bet by changing any metrics they want as long as somebody's on the other end to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today to join the revolution. And as always, make sure you're downloading that SGPN app. It is always live in the App Store and the Google Play Store, giving you access to our picks, easy access to our picks. And of course, all the podcasts just like this one. So don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. And speaking of uh, better fantasy players than me, I know better fantasy players than me probably stayed away from T.Y. Hilton by and large. Uh, mm. But I, wow, T.Y., Man, I, I love the guy. I really do. And I gave him a shot because I thought um, he's he's on the back end of his career, but he's still with the team that, that just got Carson Wentz. Say what you will about Carson Wentz. You should know better than I uh, that Carson Wentz is a nightmare that most teams don't want, but he actually did well. And I thought, okay, well, when T.Y. comes back, we're in for some goodness. We're in for some fun because T.Y. will actually probably mesh well with Carson Wentz and, and do great things. Well, he did okay things. He didn't do great things like we needed him to do. And there was at least three or, or two or three rosters that I had T.Y. Hilton on um, that I was waiting on T.Y. to come back and, and produce. I thought I was, just like you had said earlier, I thought I was smarter than everybody else. I thought I'm grabbing <laughs> T.Y. Hilton in the late rounds and uh, and I'm going to hold on to him and, and just wait it through. Um, well, unfortunately, none of that really worked. Again, he had... 
okay games, right? In the championship week, if you started him, you were lucky you got 15 points out of him. But in week 15 before that, 2.9. 4.2 against the Texans in week 13. Oof. He certainly didn't get you there. But <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it was it was a tough sled for me, um, especially when you when you have three points against Tennessee, one and a half points versus Jacksonville, four against Buffalo. It was a rough roller coaster. You don't start him. And then Tampa, he turns around and gets 12.8. Like, what the hell, T.Y.? Like, you, <laughs> you literally just threw up one point against the worst defense out there, only to turn around and score 12 points against Tampa, which, you know, considering their, their pass defense is, is soft. But, yeah, I mean, look, T.Y. and me, we go back a long way. I've had him on several of my rosters over the years. Um, but this may be the last time I take a chance on him again. Yeah, and, and understandably so. You go into it, and and obviously us in Philadelphia followed Carson Wentz pretty closely and almost to a, a strange point with some fans. Uh, you, you can see some weird stuff with the whole Carson Wentz stuff in Philadelphia. But what you saw a lot of was reports that he and ty built a great relationship like they had chemistry off the field and you knew they both have talent and you would assume that that chemistry would translate to on-field points and you you didn't see it to your point uh and you even drafted him i know a lot of leagues you you had the possibility of just picking him up you know a week or two before he was designated to return and and he was picked up in almost every league so people made you know took that chance and you kept thinking, like, oh, he's coming off injury. He's going to work through it. And it just never seemed to culminate into any kind of positive fantasy play. <sighs> yeah. I mean, you don't got to tell me. I lived it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did. I thought I was getting a jump on everybody. And I did. I mean, obviously, I had him on my roster when a lot of people were going to the waiver wire for him. Um, and I and I sort of just held that, that bench spot there for him. And maybe that was my downfall is that I held that. And maybe that's why I'm even more bitter is because I held that bench spot for him when I could have probably tried to shuffle around three or four more players in that, in that capacity. But whatever you, you take your chance and you die on a hill and that's the hill I died on. So another hill I died on an absolutely terrible hill that I died on was Cole Beasley. Now, mm. I mean, Here's the thing. Started out high. I was thinking, yes, we're in it. Let's go. But boy, you want to talk about a fall off after week 10? Like he was he was posting double digit fantasy points totals like right up until then. He only had a couple of, of clunkers, you know, one against Kansas City, um, the other against the Jets. But, you know, you, yeah, you're right. You're riding high, right? First 10 weeks, you're thinking, man, I got the Cole Beasley I thought I was going to get. And so you kept starting him and you kept starting him. And, and this is one that I had on my Scott Fishbowl team that I rolled out every week without question. His box was always checked, um, except for the bye week. And I rode with the bad weeks. I was like, okay, fine. You know, not everyone's going to be a stellar week with Cole Beasley, especially with, with Stephon Diggs on the same team, right? But then all of a sudden, in week 10, that was it. Like, this next good week after that was week 14 in Tampa Bay. And by then, I wasn't starting him anymore because he gave me weeks of three and a half. 6.3, 9.6, 2.1 in a PPR. That's not going to get you started. That's going to keep you on the bench. And good luck. I, and congratulations to you if you started him in week 14 against Tampa when he got you 15 points. But then he let you down in the uh, game against Carolina to get you in the playoffs. And then championship weeks, he was down with COVID in week 16, came back and threw 6.2 up 
against Atlanta. <sighs> Cole Beasley, I think we're done. I, I don't know <laughs> that I'm going to try to draft you anymore. As a player, as a slot guy, you obviously bring value to the teams that you're with, but as a fantasy player, uh, you are a nightmare that I no longer want a part of, Cole. <laughs> that's that's just by that's that's just me now. I don't know that I'm gonna take Cole Beasley in drafts anymore. Now he certainly was a tough sting because, like you said, started out hot and you're seeing targets in the double digits. Not not like points, you're seeing double digit targets healthily into the 12 13 target range and you're like look he might have a down week or you know now or then but you're not going to see a guy and it wasn't one week like you're seeing it multiple times he's not going to go away from a wide receiver that he's throwing 12 13 14 times so it'll come right back they you know they they're, they're taking a break but they're going to get back together uh, i guess not on your team though not getting back together there <laughs> but it it was it was such a it was long enough of a stretch where you're like, I can't get rid of him. You know, I got to keep him for the playoffs. If he gets right back to that, he's going right back in the lineup and he's winning me a, a you know ring. And it just it it makes the sting that much more. Like you said, you it, you built it up. It, he's building that hill, and the higher he gets, just the longer the fall, and the harder the fall. And man, did it hurt when you hit the ground. I had him in a couple leagues, and I thought I picked him up. Like I was like, this guy's on the waiver wire. Like, are you kidding me? Done, <laughs> grabbed him and kept him till the very end, and mostly in the starting lineup, waiting for that double-digit target to come back because he knew it was going to be, you know, twelve catches for sixty-five yards and a in a touchdown in there somewhere, and it it never came back. Well, and that's the frustrating thing about guys like him is that you know that the week you put him on the bench is the week he blows up. Right, you just you know this because that's exactly what happens to you every time you try to outthink yourself. You're like, I, I, I can't. I gotta start him. I gotta start him. And and like again, against Miami, he put up 21, which was good. So you keep him in. He get, he did okay against the Jags, 11.3, but you still keep him in. And then against the Jets, it's 3.5, and now you're screwed because then that's the the string of you know 6.3, 9.6, 2.1 against New England, his old team. I mean, not his old team. I was thinking Edelman, another slot guy. But you know what I'm saying. Like, just terrible outings the whole way through, and then you're done. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Cole. I know it doesn't make you lose any sleep, but that's okay. It's not me. It's you. Yeah, 100%. It's you. Ah, All right. Speaking of you, Jake, please let everybody know uh, where they can find you all over social media and where they can find your awesome show uh, all about Philly sports. Oh yeah. No, like you touched on, we, you know, right now in Philadelphia and really across the nation, football is king. So right now we're primarily Eagles podcast, but we are a four for four Philly sports podcast talking two and five. That's talking without a G, uh, Facebook, Twitter. We have an Instagram and YouTube. We're looking to expand on that, but mainly active on those two you can find us on wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on, uh, I believe every major market podcast, you know, platform out there. Um, yeah, we have a ton of fun. Me and my co-host Joey, we love having exciting guests on. We're extremely excited. We're having the the Thunder from Down Under. Jordan Maialata is coming on in the offseason. Been been working on getting that locked in, and and he responded saying he's in. Uh, so we're extremely excited for that. We we get a number of local you know radio hosts on to hear their story, how they came up in the in the business that we're all trying to grow in. Um, so we have a ton of fun. We we love to talk a little fantasy, obviously. Uh, listen to, to Rod here 
for for wins. We just kind of talk about more constant frustrations than anything uh, consistently in how to win. Uh, especially don't listen to Joey. He calls me a championship. I, I don't tell him that, but he he did. Uh-oh. Uh, it, it, was, it was him. It wasn't me. Oh, wait. Air uh, one <laughs> last grievance then. I want to hear. What, how did he cost you the championship? I knew I shouldn't have trusted him because he would tell me every week of the terrible start sits he had. And he, I mean, he's an incredible fantasy football player. I just like, you know, ragging <laughs> on him. But I hit him up and it was, uh, it was the semifinal week. And I was like, all right, Mac Jones or Trevor Lawrence? You know, Mac Jones has the better pedigree as rookie season. Trevor Lawrence has a much better matchup. Who are we think and who are we lean? And he lives in Jacksonville. He grew up in the Philadelphia area. So that's that's where that connection is. And he was like, you know, I, I think you got to go with Mac here. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And I lose by eight and, and Lawrence outscores Mac by 10. And then I would have went on to win the championship the next week. So it's Joey's fault. It, it has nothing to do with me starting <laughs> – uh, terrible running backs and and everything else. There was I left like fifty points on the bench, so it has nothing to do with those. It only matters the ten points that he played a role in. Uh, but now we have a ton of fun. Um, yeah, talking two one five. If you're a Philadelphia sports fan, if you have anything that you want to yell about, we we love having opposing teams fans on too. We just had a Cowboys fan on leading into the backup bowl tomorrow with all the backups playing. So we. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll love to have anybody on. Nice, nice. Again, Jake Biasoto, thank you so much for joining the show, man. I, I think this seat is open for you anytime you want. This has been oh, a blast. Rod, thank you so much. No, really, really had a ton of fun. You know, would love to talk fantasy anytime with you and, and all the professionals over in your network. Outstanding. Thank you so much. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bid adieu to the majority of the fantasy football season. It's hard to believe. 59 mm. episodes into the season. You guys have stuck with us, um, but don't go away. We're still going to have stuff going on all through the offseason. We're going to, in fact, here's a little teaser. The USFL begins very soon. There may be in the works an opportunity for some USFL fantasy football on this show. I probably, you know, spilled the beans, but I'm excited because USFL is coming. So, again, don't leave this feed. Go find Jake. Again, for year-round Philly sports, uh, and just to hear his golden tones. That, that's what I want to know. So, uh, <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, because we're coming back next week. I'm sorry. DFS is still rolling. There's still fantasy football to be played, just in different formats. Uh, so hang tight. Episode 60 is around the corner. And, folks, thanks again for a fun fantasy football season. Hopefully this was cathartic for you, and hopefully you got something out of it. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, let it ride. All right. That is the show. Beautiful. That's awesome. We're on we're on episode 60 right on the number as well. Are you really? This this one oh, coming yeah. up or what? Yeah, we just dropped 59 today. Oh, that's awesome. I'm just dropping 59 today as well. Oh yeah. Nice. 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 So when did you guys start? Um, I started it myself about a year ago, almost to the date where I you know, I'll have to look at it where I think the twelfth is our is our anniversary. Um gone through what you know started it myself a buddy of mine who's a huge eagles fan was like oh i'll do it with you and i felt you know that i i didn't 